All right, episode four of the Math Podcast. Uh, it is Monday at five thirteen. I'm Al Sidham, and I just called uh, my brother Matt. And uh, here we are, the day after a post-apocalyptic free agency. Um, not a bad recovery at the end for the Mavs, but uh, essentially we traded uh, Ray Felton. Zaza, Petulia, and Chandler Parsons for Seth Curry, Andrew Bogut, and Harrison Barnes. Rapid fire, go. Well, if you told me a year ago we were going to make that trade, I, I probably would have made it. <laughs> like, we got Zaza for nothing last year, and he was pretty good in the first half, but not great in the second half. And I, I would think, and most people would think, Andrew Bogut's better than Zaza. I, you know, Harrison Barnes and Chandler Parsons, I, I don't know if there's really much of a drop-off, and I think you get a definitively better defensive player, Yeah. Uh, even if you've got a lesser ball handler out of the deal. And, uh, you know, Seth Curry, I think, is a sneaky good signing. I think overall the Mavs got younger, which all along has kind of been, you know, every year it's like, well, the Mavericks have the you know oldest roster in the league, and you know you hear all these numbers. And now I, I don't, I haven't run the numbers, but I think we got a lot younger because the old guys are obviously dirt, but then you drop to like Darren Williams and JJ Barea and Andrew Bogan. Yeah, I think all that's accurate. Um, I think, gosh, what's the counter to that? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, you think, know, I, I think on Friday I was like, nobody's going to sign here. This is going to be a miserable group. Maybe we let Dirk go. And yeah. now it's like, all right, look, we were the sixth seed last year, and we probably have a better team coming back. And one of the teams ahead of us, Oklahoma City, got appreciably worse. That's true. That's true. I think uh, – I still, I still might put OKC ahead of us, and I still, uh, you know, you have Minnesota coming up. You've got Houston, New Orleans getting better, maybe. Um, I think Utah. Okay, let let's go back to the additions. Um, I think the big one comparing Barnes to Chandler. I think Barnes is obviously two things. Looking at the offense. It's a pass-oriented offense. And so I almost feel like Barnes potentially could be a better fit for that offense. And the other thing, uh, so he can't dribble, but I just don't think it hurts him that much in the offense. Because the other element is this whole point-forward thing that Chandler is always claiming he is. Um, That's great, but it, it drove Monta out of town. I mean, not really, but kind of. Um, yeah, he he can't play like with a lot of people. You know what I mean? They, they if the if the offense has to center around you, and you're not a superstar, that's that's tough. Um, and so I don't I don't mind that trade. And then also with Barnes, he's he's 24, which I think Chandler is Chandler 28. Uh. Yeah, I think he's older because Parsons was in college for four years. Barnes came yeah. out after his 
sophomore year, I think. Yeah. So if you get more athletic and three years younger with Barnes, I like that better as an asset because let's say two years from now you're looking for a trade chip. Someone's looking at 26-year-old Harrison Barnes averaging, you know, let's say 16 and 8. Um, and then you have Chandler Parsons, 31 Chandler Parsons averaging, or even 30-year-old Chandler Parsons averaging, averaging 16 and 8. I mean, and maybe another injury. Barnes is just still, he's going to maintain his attractiveness because of his age. And he could just, there could he could be more moldable. I think ultimately they were scared off by his, his injuries, and then um, I think there was a stubbornness to Parsons that um, maybe wore on the organization. And um, I feel like, uh, you know, Carlisle is somebody that can develop players, and uh, I think that's why they brought Seth Curry in there, and uh, you saw what he did with Ray Selton over two years. So I, I think I think overall – they were nice moves as a recovery from the the big home run attempt. Yeah, I agree. And and the other thing, you know, one more thing about Barnes is Barnes has been the man before. You know, like Parsons was on some good teams at Florida, but I don't think he was the top guy there. And Barnes was the guy at North Carolina in his two years there. He was, like, the number one recruit coming out of high school. Like, you had told me three years ago, hey, the Mavs are going to get Harrison Barnes. I would have loved, loved it, you know, whereas yeah, with yeah. Parsons, I never felt like, well, that's your top guy on a championship team. I was like, yeah. that's your maybe second best player on a championship team, maybe, yeah. and probably yeah. your third best. Or Barnes, yes, he has been the – fourth best player on a championship team. He's already played that role. But I think yeah. you're right. He's 24, and I think he not only has, you know, potentially the skill set, but also the desire to kind of be the guy, and, and he'll be the guy with the ball in his hands and, and kind of, you know, to get after it and and become a better player. He probably wants to prove a lot of people right who saw his performance in the finals and thought this guy's a joke and he doesn't deserve a max contract. Yeah, and then on another level, too, uh, perimeter defense, uh, you have Darren Williams, Wes Matthews, Harrison Barnes, and Justin Anderson out there at the same time. That's pretty good. You know, that's that's a lineup that um, I feel could hold their own, and depending who they're playing, you know, could maybe, you know, put up some good numbers. So Especially, I'm just worried yeah. about defense. And on the defensive end, we improved. Yeah, essentially. Right. We're a pretty – and overall, like, we're just a pretty good NBA team now. And really, yeah. it's like Durant signing with the Warriors, it, I mean, and whatever's going to happen if the Cavaliers make another move or not, I, I think you're looking at Warriors-Cavs in the finals next year again. And yeah. it doesn't really matter a whole lot what – you know, the Mavericks were never going to construct something. Let's say we had signed Whiteside Conley. That – when Durant goes to Golden State, that doesn't put us in that conversation. Like, we're still a rung down from that. Yeah. Game. So, and, and maybe everybody is at this point. But I think what's great is that you put together a competitive team for Dirk the last couple of years, and you don't lock yourself in with these, you know, we're not signing Ryan Anderson to $20 million a year. 
you know, who's a fairly one-dimensional kind of guy. Uh, I think Harrison Barnes can do a little more, and we're paying him a little more to do that. But I, I think there's a little bit uh, – I don't know. I, I can live with this roster much more easily than if we had gone out and pulled in like a Ryan Anderson and, you know, like Brandon Jennings or something like that and paid them a ton of money. Well, I agree. I, I think if you're going to overpay for talent um, – they have potential with Barnes, and then in two years, if they decide to give up on them, it's pretty tradable contract. And so, versus a Ryan Anderson, versus a, even an Eric Gordon, like I thought Houston's moves were very win now moves, and they're just not going to win. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. They might get the eight seed, um, you know, they might even get a six seed. Who cares? You know, they're just not going to go anywhere. And so really, I feel like everybody's like, tank, 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 tank. But really what we're looking at is, uh, you know, can you do both? And this goes back to my last uh, pod where when we were talking, I really feel like they have finally conceded the Mavericks organization to the new NBA, which is like, we're going to have to value draft picks. We're going to have to develop players. And because players basically move for other players. That's, that's as long as the organization is moderately stable, they're going to go where there are assets. And I think the Mavericks have finally converted to that strategy. And, you know, I think it was uh, Mike Fisher pointed out we have, we have five guys with potential right now under the age of 25, which is great. You know, you got Hammond, Powell, Seth Curry, Justin Anderson, and uh, A.J. Hammond. Right. Said AJ Harrison, Hammond. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. And so if you could just develop, if you could just keep, you know, half your roster young and developing, what you're really hoping for is somebody like Hassan Whiteside to just come out of nowhere and become a star. Like, that's your best shot right now is somebody, A, somebody that I really feel like through the draft or through the D-League or, you know, somebody like a Seth Curry to eventually develop into an all-star, and that gives you that little bump that you need, um, you know, to help out get free agents and to just, to make that leap uh, outside of a top two pick with a franchise player in the draft, you know? Well, it starts to look a little bit more like baseball where you've got your high-priced free agents. Like, if you look at the Rangers, it's like Prince Fielder's batting 200 and he makes $25 million. Yeah. Jin Chu Chu makes $22 million and he's okay. But then, like, our, our best guys are – Nomar Mazzara, who's on his, you know, first contract, and Drew Nettador, and they have the whole arbitration system. So baseball, it's like every team has these guys that are kind of overpaid and be brought in on free agent contracts. But then the good teams kind of have this stable of, of younger guys. They develop through the minors and just, you know, they talk about those controlling years in baseball where you can keep their salary relatively low. And you pay yeah. the one or two guys who are really superstars. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think what you're describing is, is very much in line with that. And it's exactly where it's like, yeah, we, 
gosh, do you imagine if A.J. Hammond kind of develops a little bit and you have him for half a million dollars for three seasons or something like yeah. that? Yeah, you know? yeah. And then your next tier to the uh, free agency and what happened, Bo gets free after next year. That's $11 million. Uh Dirk will opt out. That's another $12 million. And then uh, Darren Williams has a one year. That's another $10 million. Uh, that's $30 million open, and then you have the, the cap going up another $22 million. So potentially they're sitting there July 1st of 20, uh, 2017 with $50 million in cap room. And, you know, let's – I really – if I had to predict today, I would not foresee them making the playoffs. I could see them, you know, being a 9 or 10, 10 seed. That That's a – you know, they could be like a six seed next year or a ten seed, similar to this year. But then if you slip into the lottery in a deep draft and you've got like 12th pick, you know, wasn't Dirk the ninth pick? Yeah. 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 And so Paul, And Paul Pierce was right after him. Yeah. So there's a potential for uh, getting another starter there. And then you're sitting there and you've got like three strong wings, Dirk's still chugging along. A lotto player, I mean, I I feel like at that point you could potentially recruit a free agent again. And I feel like that's just the new NBA where, you know, you got to hit on these picks and, um, you know, see what you could put together. I mean, I think Indiana's done done a great job of just developing players. And and Utah, too, of just... Utah's never had the first pick, but they they keep uh they've really built a good roster from just their recurring lotto picks, you know. Well, look at Golden State, who was never the worst team in the league, but they yeah. kind of just built up, built up, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna draft Curry and Thompson and you know and. Uh, and Draymond Green, who was actually their third pick that year, they drafted Barnes and Azili ahead of them. And so it's like there's five key guys on their championship team that were all just through the draft. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yes. And you had to hold off. Remember, they were about to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. Yeah. And you hold off doing that, then now Clay's going to develop. He's going to develop. And, and sure enough, like he's been, you know, he saved their season in game six against the Thunder this year. Yeah, so I'm okay with with the moves, and I I almost like the fact that there's a chance we might not make the playoffs too. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think it'll just be fun seeing Anderson and Barnes develop, and so um, I'm okay with that overall. On a side note, uh, I, first time in my life I'm going to agree with Stephen A. Smith on this Durant deal. Uh, I really thought this past NBA season that uh, Durant had this, like, uncalled-for angst towards the media, and he would he would constantly be, like, kind of whiny, like, you guys are too hard and picky and all this stuff. And I was just like, he really just gives off a vibe of just being weak-minded to me. And then yeah. this this move... I mean, you have a lot of guys on Twitter like a Rick Buecher or a PJ Carlesimo that are, like, defending Durant. 
this is one of the most pathetic moves I have ever seen, maybe in the history of our country. <laughs> Forget the NBA. <laughs> because, I mean, people don't realize, they're like, I think Rick Bucher was saying, well, Iguodala left Denver and went to Golden State after Golden State beat him. And it actually does make a difference when you're a top five player in the league. It really does. It's still kind of a, a lame move. But when you're a top five player in the league, to literally it's Seth Curry or Steph Curry signing with the Cavs this year. It is that is the equivalent, the dead on equivalent, and people would be like, "What?" It's yeah, just, and I think the weirdest part to me is after they trade after the Ibaka trade, I was like, "Oh man." Durant comes back, and I would I would put Oklahoma City as the favorites to win it all next year. Exactly, well, the would same have, thing. He said yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So so it was just kind of shocking to me because you, you've got a team like you're leaving a team that was probably going to win a championship, and if you do that, you're the best player on that championship team. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah, you're, you're probably going to win a championship with Golden State. I think maybe multiple championships with Golden State. Like, there's very little doubt in my mind about that. But I actually – I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win once, to be honest with you. I, I would be – if they didn't win one, like, you'd be surprised if they didn't win, like, two or three, but to not just win one championship, well, you'd be surprised? You wouldn't be surprised? I, I wouldn't, only because there's just one ball. Oh. And, you know – I, I'm not sold that Clay Thompson is on board with this because he, like, him, Steph, and Durant take a lot of shots. And if Durant had an issue with Russell Westbrook taking shots, I'm sorry, there's just not enough possessions. And then on well, the flip but, side, if it doesn't work out, like, look, Durant does not like pressure. He made that very clear. And, like, I wonder, you know, everyone's talking about his call with Jerry West. He should have called LeBron. And LeBron would have said, don't do it. <laughs> they will. They are going to be the most hated team in the league. And yeah. Durant can't handle the pressure. I mean, he cannot. He, does, he wants nothing to do with it. And I wonder after a year, if they don't win it this year coming, um, Steph Curry's a free agent. And this would be the easiest time ever for him to go to Charlotte, which he would love to do, you know? Yeah. And if it doesn't work out and there's a little bit of infighting, I mean, he goes to Charlotte, that's a pretty good team uh, for him to go to and just be a star again because I just, I felt like the Cavs, even in the Heat, kind of proved, like, you don't need three or four stars, you know? You need two stars and awesome role players, you know? Well, but you need guys that will buy in. I think that what's going to be – I think the difference between Westbrook and Thompson and Curry as far as who Durant's playing with is Westbrook's not a good shooter. And not to say that he didn't have nights where he would just light it up or he can't score the ball, nothing like that, but – it's a whole lot easier to swallow a, a shot that you're not taking when it's one of the two best shooters in the league. And I think, to your point about him not liking pressure, like what pressure is he going to have when he can always give the ball up and it's 
Curry or Thompson or even Green taking those shots? Well, I'm just imagining, like, you're right. He, he'll, be, he'll basically be Steve Kerr, um, let's say, two out of six nights or one out of three nights uh, a game. He'll, he'll be Steve Kerr. And, you know, every, every game somebody will have 20 points, one of them, you know? Yeah, right. He's going in the arenas. People are heckling him. Every arena, sell out, sell out, sell out, wingman. Uh, you know, loser, whatever it is, and and then he he looks at the stat sheet. He's four for eight for fifteen points. You know, and it's like, okay, you know, I I think like I don't know. I feel like there's going to be this conflict that comes up. This just doesn't work out. That's, that's basically my prediction. Sports karma always prevails. You know, that that's. That's what I'm going to hold to. Sports karma. That's why. That's why the Mavs won in 2011 because of 2006. That's why the Cavs won this year because of uh, Lake of saying that argument of how they were already a dynasty and uh, Clay Thompson saying, you know, we're better than Showtime Lakers. You know, it's just like you, you just can't do stuff like this. Uh, I only believe in one God, but the basketball gods just do not allow this stuff to, to win. I just can't see it, you know. It, something's going to happen, and I would be terrified to be on that team. I'll just say that. Well, I think but when you've got four guys that are all NBA players, and maybe yeah. they're not next year just because the stats don't bear that out, yeah. I think what you end up with, I mean – is they're going to be able to endure injuries a whole lot easier than, you know, when Westbrook would go out, like Durant's got to carry so much of a load. And now it's like, oh, Durant's got a bum ankle. Well, sit out a couple games. I mean, this group won 70 games last year. You know, we we can win a few without you. That's okay. And then, yeah. oh, Curry's got to sit for a little bit. But, you know, and I think that's why, if you're the Warriors, you make a move like this because think about if Curry gets hurt this year. All right, well, then Durant's got to take on a little bit more of the scoring load. And, oh, by the way, we still have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. So Hey, I get it on a talent perspective. I'm just saying it's just it's not going to work. I don't know how. <laughs> I, and I don't wish ill will. Like, um, sure. But, you know, you, there, may be a, there may be a car crash. There may be ACLs galore. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But it's not looking good. I'm just saying. It's, it's, by the way, David West just signed with them, too, for the minimum. That guy's pathetic. <laughs> He's so bad. Yeah. I mean, talk about really chasing a ring. I mean, Zaza had no home. I get it. But, gosh, David West is just, like, desperate. Yeah. And so, again, he, and that guy's a, kind of a jerk. It too, so I he's bad karma. Um, well, I will say saying. West defense. Remember, he did have he could have had eleven million dollars with the Pacers last year, and he gave yeah. it up for the minimum in San Antonio. So, you know, yes, he's chasing a title, but I'll give him a little credit for giving up that much money. Um, sure, but to go from Golden again, I, leaving from San Antonio to Golden State—that's really right. weird to me. That's really weird. Um, it's going to be interesting, and I, I, I look forward 
to seeing them fall apart somehow, some way. And uh, maybe that's all I'll say about that for now. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, I think uh, what's made what's made things easier, all this has made the NBA scheduler's job that much easier. Because Christmas Day, we've got Golden State at Oklahoma City. I mean, it's almost yeah. guaranteed that that's going to happen. And Boston will be at Atlanta so that Al Horford can come back to Atlanta. <laughs> Not that that's as bitter, but, I mean, that'll be kind of thing. Or you go Atlanta at Houston and let the Houston fans boo Dwight Howard and have him try to – try to smile and act like it doesn't bother him. Yeah, that'd be a good one, too. Yeah. Um, and so bringing it back to the Mavs, I think now yeah. we're, we're looking at, you know, we were already looking at, I don't want to say, it's like the LeBron era, basically, right now. And so there's a level of kind of waiting, not waiting for it to pass, but, you know, we have our next tier coming up with like a Minnesota stocked with talent, Phoenix, stocked with talent. And then you have your, your teams in the middle, like in Houston. Uh, who else would be considered in the middle? Uh, um, the Clippers. What, okay. Yeah, the Clippers. Like, those two teams, those teams are going to try to break through in the next couple years, but I don't see it happen for either of them. And, um, you know, Mavs just waiting to take a leap, really. Dirk well, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really kind of the search for who's going to replace Dirk, like who's going to be kind of your guy uh, yeah. in a couple of years, and that's what they've been looking for. And you know, I think they were hoping Chandler Parsons would emerge as that guy, but whether it was his knee or just his lack of ability, whatever it was, he he was not able to fill that role. So now it's, hey, can Harrison Barnes? Because really, going into next year, that's your that's my hope is. Harrison Barnes kind of establishes himself as, like, he, he goes up a level and he can be the top guy, and Dirk's not the top guy on the team. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. I think we've seen so little of him in terms of what he can do that yeah. I, I really have no expectations for the guy other than, like, defense and, you know, 15 points a game somehow, some way. I don't. I don't know him to have any dynamic ability. <laughs> he has no signature move. You know, if anything, he's right, just fall. Right. But uh, I'm I'm sure, too, there might be a lot to him we've just not seen. So I'll, I'll definitely yeah. give him that. Well, All and right. I think, you know, Wesley Matthews, his contract looks really reasonable now in light yeah. of all these crazy contracts. And, you know, I think he's going to come back and be a whole lot better than he was. And so, I mean, in my ideal world, Dirk is like the third leading scorer on this team next year. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that's Dirk's ideal too. <laughs> right. So, uh, worst contract of the uh, free agency period, what do you think? Um, I think his name is John Lawyer. Um, <laughs> he's getting like $10 million a year, and I'm not even sure – like, I don't know what he does, you know? Like, I could not tell you. Yeah. I think I saw him in one game last year, and I thought I, I didn't even know what to think of him. But somehow he's making $10 million a year. And then yeah. there's a guy who left the uh, the Heat and went to the Nets. 
That would have been my name I can't even remember. Is it yeah. Tyler Johnson or Tyler something? Tyler Johnson, that's right. Tyler Johnson. And uh, I'm like, he almost made, he made me doubt myself when I heard it. I was just like, was that guy good? <laughs> and so uh, I will say, I, I feel like uh, Kenny Atkinson and Sean Mark might know what they're doing. Um, so I'll, I'll give that to him, but gosh, twelve million a year, and then Jeremy Lin gets twelve million a year. That that really surprised me. Like I thought, Jeremy Lin that seemed market value three years, thirty six. But um, the fact that Tyler got the same amount, I don't even know who that guy is. Well, so, and the uh, Nets to, to your earlier point about how teams are built now. I mean, the Nets traded away three first rounders in that. Yeah. Pierce yeah. Garnett deal, so they they have no way to build a team unless it's kind of let's overpay some younger guys to come here and you know maybe try to develop them and try to yeah because in a, uh, in a few years maybe Tyler Johnson or whatever we're not even one hundred percent sure what his name is he he may be someone who's got an expiring contract and, and may be able to help out a championship contender and the Nets can flip it for a pick. Or he might be really good. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I, I don't mind. I like what they're doing, actually. I thought the Nets, if this Tyler guy is any good, they did pretty good. Didn't they sign Alan Crabb, too? Yeah, I think they did for like $10 million a year, which I think is a better deal than I, I like that Don Luir. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that guy a lot. <laughs> I was hoping the Mavs would get him, but um, – yeah, I might pick uh, – I'm still not crazy about the Evan Turner deal. I thought that was really – I would have rather had Alan Crabb, you know, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's one of those, well, what does that guy do that's – well, you know, it's the conversation we were having a few days ago when it was, do we max out Parsons? And it's, well, that's $24 million a year, and could Justin Anderson in the same amount of playing time kind of produce the same numbers? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think that was the Mavs thinking too. And then, uh, are, and are we sure that Harrison Barnes plays good defense? I'm fairly certain that he's pretty good defensively. I think he's a little more athletic. He's definitely more durable than uh, Parsons has shown to be, and yeah. he's a decent shooter. And I think I, I really do think he's more of a guy because he was a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he's a guy that, I don't know, I think there's more upside there than I felt like with Parsons. I never felt like Parsons was going to become the best player on the team. Yeah. And with Barnes, I'm like, eh, he, he might. I feel yeah, like there's I, a little bit more potential there. Yeah, I don't know if I feel like he could be the best player. But, um, I again, I like the fact that he's so young. And I like the fact that he's been on – He's been on a team, and he doesn't need the ball all the time. Um, you know, he's a team player. He's a proven team player. And yeah. so uh, those are those are positives enough for me. I think personality-wise, he's a better fit for our team. And so uh, yeah. I'm okay with the move. But, yeah, I, I don't still know what he brings, not to repeat myself. But uh, I, I think it was a, a good move for us chemistry-wise. I, I think that's the other thing. Even though we love the reclamation project, I think there was a little bit more of an emphasis on 
we're not going to risk, you know, signing a Terrence Jones, signing a, uh, you know, even a Lance Stevenson. Any questionable locker room yeah. guys, they they didn't even bother with. And uh, yeah. that was a little bit of a very subtle change in philosophy there, too. So, you know, again, a little more Spursian, I think. Uh, and, you know, the hope is we start having a little bit more of a identity like the Spurs where it's like solid organizations instead of like, oh, new roster every year, you know, and that's... Yeah, yeah. You want to get a little bit more stability than they've had outside of Dirk. And Dirk's a great face of the franchise, but he's also been in the league for 18 years. Yeah. And so you want a face of the franchise that's like, hey, he's entering his prime. And that's going to be the key, I think, for the Mavericks is if they can find that guy. Because in four years, Barnes is 28. Yeah. So that's not old at all. Like, he could get another max deal after that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then maybe we have a lot of pick playing with him. Maybe Justin Anderson has become Kawhi-like at that point. And then you've, yeah. got, a, then you've got a big three right there. So uh, right. I think I think they've just resolved themselves to like that's how you build a team, and um, you know not trying to get too cute with it. No, I agree. I think there's a I don't know. I feel a lot better about the Mavericks now than I did a few days ago, where I thought we could end up being the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, almost out of necessity. I could have gone either way, yeah. Like, even if we didn't get Barnes or Bogut and we ended up with just an empty roster, I think it would have been sadder, but um, it still could have worked to our favor with this draft coming off. So, um, yeah, well, we would have been, we would have gone to the bottom of the draft and, and maybe, uh, or the top of the draft, I should say, and, and gotten a first round pick. But now, I, I think you're exactly right we're kind of in a battle with like five teams for that, those last three, three, four spots in the West. Yeah. And if we fall out and end up in the lottery, well, that's, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. We're not trading picks anymore. Um, we're drafting really well. I feel, um, I think it's going to be a entertaining season, especially when you know you have two to three teams that are just on another level. Uh, it's just nice to see you're, you're kind of building something for the future now. Well, and that's really what I think – that's why I haven't had as many problems with what the Mavericks have done the last few years as a lot of other people, just because I don't know if they could have constructed a team to compete with the Heat when LeBron was there or the Warriors now. Yeah, you know, I or even the Cavs. Like I think, uh, I, I don't think we would have had, uh, you know, as long as Dirk was here. It's like, ah, well, can we, you know, who else can we get to put alongside of him? And we just were never going to get that. Even if we got that big free agent, I didn't think it was going to be enough. To you know, if DeAndre Jordan comes here last year, is Jordan Matthews and Parsons? That's going to put us definitely in the mix. We're a lot better team, but. You know, are we better than the Cavs and Warriors? Probably not, you know. So right. I think it's smarter to sort of – I like the roster we have now where we're we're going to be competitive. We're not going to be awful. 
And, uh, you know, next year we're in the mix. We've got our first-round draft pick, and we're still in the mix for some free agents. So let's see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, if Bogut could get his legs right, which if any training staff can help him, it's ours, he he is much better than Zaza. You know, his defense much is better. His defense yeah. is, is solid. And, um, you know, he's got some nice touch around the basket. I think he could even shoot threes if he needs to. So, I, you know, he could end up being somebody that's here for the next few years, too. So, we shall yeah, see. Yeah, and he's he's on the downside of his career, but there's nothing, I mean, yeah, I agree. He could, he, you know, he could be a very good player for us for the next couple of years. Yeah, and uh, as a side note, maybe to close this pod, if we are somehow able to get Raymond Felton back on this uh, roster, we will have the first, third, and fifth picks of the 2005 draft on our roster. <laughs> so, Wow, really? Pretty, pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, Bogut, <laughs> Darren Williams, and uh, Raymond Felton, the fifth pick. Wow. Wow. Yeah, eleven. Eleven. This is a, this is a super team. Eleven years in the making. Pretty much. Like if I were to have told you in 1999 <laughs> that you could have three of the top five picks in the 2005 draft, I think you would take it. I think you would have taken it. I, yeah, in a heartbeat. In a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah. Unfortunately, the fourth pick was Chris Paul. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, you know, we're gonna edit that out. We're gonna edit yeah, that out. Yeah, we'll cut uh, that out later. All right. So uh, until later this week, we should be going live this week. I've got a I've got a logo made. I'll email you that tonight. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, I think I found a way to to put this online. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned, All America. Right. You might be able to hear this soon. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later this week. All right. Sounds good. Okay, take care. Bye.